0: Bigger Than Cape Give me some outside oh, me. yeah. yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to it and then I watched it welcome to bigger than capes i'm zach and this week i'm joined by my pretty regular co-host will yeah howdy how's it going chief i'm I'm pretty good yeah i can't really complain at the moment it's it's a rarity (laughs) the
1: weather's a bit bleak so that that you can complain about that it's a good british thing to do
0: I've, i've kind of come to embrace it though you know 30 years in manchester you just let it yeah. wash over you, literally, most Grace of the Grace the norm. Yeah, that's the summer color, right? It is round here. I don't know why I did a Cornish <laughs> accent. <for> that. <laughs> I'll, I'll accept, but I don't understand. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, th- I think we're both pretty okay, you know, yeah. getting on with the the getting ons.
1: Absolutely, nice. I think I mentioned earlier. That I was—I'm uh, now double inoculated, so back out in the wide world.
0: The dream, yeah, me, me too. It's uh, all
1: right. Can't
0: can't complain.
1: Can't. I didn't. I didn't really have any side effects with the second one as well. I'd, I'd heard like Pfizer. It was the second one that was the the real kicker, and it felt like I'd been punched in the arm really hard.
0: But other than that, yeah, yeah, I was all that, right. That's all I had. I I don't know if it's the fact that. I always feel pretty shit, so I think I was just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Do you think we've just got used to like, feeling a bit
1: a bit under the weather? So
0: <laughs> I, I think I, I think maybe that's the thing. Maybe everyone's used to being like healthy, and that's you know, suckers. That's that's, that's my true strength: <laughs> embracing <laughs> being unhealthy. Yeah. The uh,
1: the living unwell.
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the moral of this story. Uh,
1: right? <laughs> I think it's the moral of most stories.
0: Good, good, good. Um, <laughs> what, a, what a weird first couple of minutes, but let's know, embrace it. So, we're in a Kickstarter-heavy period of time. Last week, Angela talked to David Propose about the OZ Issue 2 on... Um, kickstarter right now uh next week me and angela are going to be reviewing issue one of the oz and um this week we're going to talk about kickstarter that has recently arrived um as many seems to i feel like everything i backed earlier in the year all at the end of last year have suddenly turned up or digitally turned up at the very least
1: yeah i tend to get mining gluts as well like three or four will turn up and then there'll be six months of nothing and then six more will turn up
0: (laughs) i the one that's sticking with me at the moment and i think you're in the same boat is the jeff lemire matt cosmic detective um, yes which is one of the first i backed last year and well, here we are, and it's, <laughs> it's nowhere to be seen yet. So, I'm I'm expecting that soon. Yeah, right? I'd hope so. It's gotta be. Um, I think the expectation was like spring 2021, and I'd say we're pushing awesome at this point. Yep. Yeah, but it'll at least in terms up. of weather, as we mentioned.
1: It'll yeah, turn up
0: and I it think it, it will be really cool because it's yeah. you know oversized hardback, right? That's that's who we are as people. You know it. <laughs> um, but this week, another sci-fi Kickstarter. Another sci-fi Kickstarter. Uh, we're talking about a cold, dark universe, which was kickstarted tail end of last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or earlier this year. I don't remember. I don't remember. It, it It's been kickstarted in the past. Get over <laughs> it. It's all um, right. By... by Black Hole Comics and Entertainment. Um, I didn't really know a lot about Black Hole until this popped up. Uh, Basically, they are based in Lansing, Michigan, and were founded in 2019 by Torin Channels and Nick Couture. And their kind of, like, mission statement is that they're dedicated to bringing fans the best stories from the world's most talented creators.
1: Um, I mean, it, it seems like a kind of catch-all that. Do you think sort of Image Comics are saying, we want to bring you fine stories from mediocre creators? <laughs> um, sort of like say, we, our mission statement is to make comics.
0: That's it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a little bit of a, like, Got you, yeah. Um, and I think that is a, a mission statement of a lot of people. um you are correct. um they're not limiting themselves to just comics though they have listed that they're gonna be doing or are already doing comics, short stories, creator interviews, graphic novels, and short films. okay? I know there's short stories. I know there's comics, and this is proof that there's graphic novels. I, I don't really know about creator interviews or short films yet, but I'm it open tends to, to take that to, to make so. Maybe they'll turn up. Uh, a few, yeah, a, f- a few months longer, I would guess. You got to, got to find people. You've got to check J- Jason, David, Frank is free, and um, <laughs> that's a little running joke for anyone who pays attention to the previous episodes of the podcast. Um, I, I <laughs> think we have dozens of return listeners, at least half a dozen. Oh yeah. I mean, there's there's four podcast hosts, and we listen to some of them. Um, (laughs) uh, Back back on point for just a moment. So what got me with the Kickstarter was that it was, you know, eight stories from 16 creators, which is a pretty good first effort from an anthology, I think. Absolutely. uh, and that they sold it with great quotes from the uh, that were in the description, such as a comic anthology about space love and our connection to those around us um also got stuff like diving into the feelings we've all been feeling during this year specifically this year I assume the year was 2020
1: i've um, been having a lot of space feelings and
0: uh sci-fi feelings they're not wrong so many sci-fi feelings hard hard sci-fi feelings and <laughs> um, also things like you know um hopeful stories that highlight the best and worst in humanity which really got me curious is hopeful but also highlights the worst in humanity that's uh that's a niche and that is our niche i think of- i think that is
1: our niche yeah <laughs> like good people doing bad things for good or bad reasons.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, Also, and I think the real seller and what makes black hole interesting is that they they state that they, you know, have a deep passion to help creators tell their stories, especially those, especially those stories from marginalized creators. So I think it's nice to have a kind of consciousness of inclusivity and bringing you creators that you might, not get anywhere else
1: absolutely and i think it's one of the great highlights of kickstarter is that anybody can make a book and as long as there's an audience there you know you're not worrying about selling a thousand copies like you can just sell it to your niche audience and Kickstarter sort of allows you to do that and hopefully it means that the audience grows as well and that these creators become more mainstay creators over time i think sometimes you just need kind of a foot in the door don't you and it's a big admittedly just a big white boys playground for the most part and um i think if these creators can just kind of get a bit of notice i'm not saying they should go and work yeah. for big too but maybe they're happy you know appealing to their kind of niche i think that's cool too but uh either way you know i think as you said it's a great
0: thing yeah um so and um... Other people clearly thought that too. I think there were 420-ish backers. um, I think they were about a grand and a half over their funding goal at the end, which was, I think, like 14 and a half grand in in dollars. I don't do dollars, you know. (laughs) So, um, yeah, pretty, pretty decent turnout for any Kickstarter. And, yeah, I... It ticks all of the Zack and Will boxes because sci-fi anthology, worst of humanity, worst and best of humanity. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> S- our like you know, sour jam. Um, our stuff. What also got me is obviously with hopeful sci-fi, immediately puts us onto a wave blue world, which is yeah. The last anthology we discussed was maybe someday. Yep,
1: it was. It was maybe Sunday. We didn't. We haven't done the first one.
0: No, we should. Let's do that. Let's, yeah. let's just keep the sci-fi. We'll be a purely sci-fi anthology podcast, and there's nothing Matt or Angela can do to stop us.
1: I think we're kind of moving into a good era of the anthology comic. Like I think it was a big deal in perhaps the sort of '80s, and uh, I think we're yeah. at the moment we're, we're getting a bit of a resurgence of the anthology comic, and I'm cool with it.
0: Uh, as am I. I think, like, DC, I think, have always kind of kept a foot in it with, like, doing, like, the Halloween anthology or the Christmas. Anth- if I do them on the Halloween voice, it just say, Easter! Valentine's Day! <laughs> um, uh, I don't know what's wrong with me today. Uh, but, yeah, it, it definitely seems like we're in a good anthology space at the moment. There's been a lot of them on Kickstarter um and it's just nice cause it gets so many creators involved which is pretty ra- and that's why there's so many on kickstarter because then more people see that it all adds up that's it it's a good thing
1: no, i'm, I'm uh, into it and i know like some kickstarters have sort of ripped people off and never produced what they said they're going to but i think comics seem relatively risk-free like it, a game i appreciate can take years to sort of produce and money and if it runs out then it doesn't get finished but comics are fairly cheap and have a fairly low uh kind of people requirement to make it happen so
0: yeah i've 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 never been let down by a comic book kickstarter all right so far that's definitely a good start um so, One-off Indiegogo just to,
1: you know, give a bit of balance to the other platforms.
0: <laughs> <laughs> other platforms are available. Yeah. Um, Unless Kickstarter so you want to
1: sponsor eight... us, then, you know, we will take your money. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll sell out in a heartbeat. <laughs> just We're... putting that on the table.
0: <laughs>
1: We're incredibly flexible.
0: Um, <laughs> I think at this point we are, we've stated that, like, if Kickstarter want us, we're in. If Marvel want us, we'll, we'll, we'll go back on everything we've said for the last like eight <laughs> yeah, months.
1: the very and... premise of the podcast will be reversed.
0: <laughs> um, I don't think Marvel are interested, but um, who the yeah, hell knows. Maybe they're really into <laughs> to you guys
1: just trashing what they do.
0: <laughs> I don't
1: think we're ever that
0: harsh. Maybe you edit me out. Um, So we've got eight stories to go at And we're already like 12, 13 minutes in Should we uh, get get on on with the business?
1: Okay, Um, so the first story is called Interloper It's written by uh, Jared Luan The art is by Casey Covedo The letterer is Rob Jones And the editor is Sarah Harding um, I thought this was a, a decent opener. I think the art in it was was pretty good. I think the coloring's really nice in it. Uh, quite a cartoony style. It's got a angry robot called S4. That's always a, a trope that I like ever since. Uh, oh it's got HK47 from uh, Knights of the Old Republic game. So I'm always
0: up, F- always up for a robot F- with attitude. I really thought you were gonna go um, to SO, but we're, we're still Star Wars either way. It's another, it's another good, <laughs> good call. But uh, yeah, mine's older. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, well played. Um, in a nutshell, this is basically the story of two stowaways on a spaceship. Yeah, and
1: it's not something that gives you a huge amount of backstory to the world. That they live in, it's a it's kind of keeps it to this fairly small story of two stowaways being chased by sort of a galactic gangster.
0: Pretty much with um many kind of robot soldiers, security, I don't know what you want to call those guys. Yeah. <laughs> many robot people. But I think
1: it's I think it's quite funny in this one as well, like uh the robot's a chef. It's his primary function, but when they start fighting, he changes his pinny from kiss the chef to fear the chef, and then screams, for the scallops, I must be ready. And I thought that was
0: uh, that was pretty good. <laughs> that, that was a highlight as soon as he says, like, let me change my apron. It's, yeah, I'm on board. Um, th- this was a really fun start to the anthology, and I think it did come away with quite a nice message. Um
1: I think compared to some, it's a little bit light on sort of world building. I think some of them do a much better job of kind of play setting. Maybe you could argue it's not really relevant for this story it's It's okay as a kind of small tale, but I say some of them really kind of told you a lot about the world in very excellent ways. Um, but the art was good on this one. the kind of full page of the of uh, S four moving down a corridor smashing robots smashing robots on the way that's really cool it's a good bit um so yeah i think felt that's a little,
0: definitely a highlight for me
1: yeah absolutely it felt just a little bit light on story overall but i think the kind of art and some of the script is is fun i think it's a nice opener
0: yeah i think the simplicity of it makes it quite a standout in the fact that it's simple but it tells the story it needs to tell. It comes away with a a nice message and it's got a funny murder chef robot and I didn't know that's what I was particularly looking for in this. That's definitely Definitely. how I felt in 2020. I don't know about it. (laughs) Yeah. I felt like I was a robot chef that was forced to kill people. That sums me up. Um, I also really like the last page with the kind of... Full-page spread with the planet and just the ship. So some nice, you know?
1: Absolutely. A lot of kind of purple
0: nice sci-fi.
1: Purple colorings, and... Yeah, I think the colour really kind of elevates it. I think that's a...
0: And I really like purple. That's, I think that's what's most important here. <laughs>
1: that's the most important thing. But yeah, really solid start on that one. Um, I think this is something that I... I'd sort of quite like to see what these creators go on to do.
0: Um, I'd I'd even be happy to see an extension of this to kind of flesh out these characters that we're given and, like, the world they're in. I'd be be happy to have that, you know?
1: Indeed. If this
0: was, like, a launching
1: platform for series, um, I think this this would be one of the ones I, I would, yeah, be interested in seeing kind of what happens next.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's almost... Obviously not as fleshed out because I'm about to compare it to something that's like four issues in. But um kind of reminded me of Beckstar from Mad Cave in some ways. The kind sure. of you know, being on the run, the sudden developments. I think Beckstar was quite fast and it's fast pace, and I can kind of see a similarity with, you know, Ragtag crew of misfits on a spaceship. Um, you want to move on to whatever the next one is yeah the next one's Hunters do you want to take that one I can take Hunters uh, so The Hunters is uh, written by Calvin Sanders um, artist by <laughs> Dominic Pickle Rockets uh, lettered again by Rob Jones and edited by Turin Chenult who is the uh man we mentioned earlier who is in charge of this thing the thing yep the thing yeah And um, so this is kind of a bounty hunters in space story but kind of a western as well mm-hmm. <laughs> um basically follows the story of a bounty hunter who's trying to hunt down a prisoner by the name of Famine who has been imprisoned on the prison planet Earth. And um, yeah, swerve. Um, sets out with, um, is it Maeve? Is Maeve the main? It's Maeve, right? Yes. Maeve and Maeve and Bob Bob the robot Indeed, um, set out to try and track down famine. And, um, you know, betrayal ensues in a nutshell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, That's pretty much it. I don't think I've ever said that sentence before, but betrayal ensues. Um, Yeah, basically they they get a tip of where famine's hiding out from... Their old friend Kate and head off. And um, when they get a there, it's. <laughs> the trail and I think you summed it. Trail and yeah. It's this was an interesting one. I I quite like the kind of space western vibes. And the there's something about putting a bar in space that's like in a bubble, but has like the bat wing doors that just <laughs> amuses me. I don't know um <laughs> must just be something that speaks to me on a I don't like know saloon
1: doors but in a yeah in a space <laughs> on a moon somewhere
0: um yeah I don't know I don't know why that got me um it I feel like this is a bit of a weird journey is a bit of a weird like progression from one thing to the next but um again it kind of has some twists in the story and ends with a again kind of a positive message i guess Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of positive messages here i think that's something throughout this as a anthology things tend to have a message and it does tend to be quite positive it can be a weird weird journey to get to that message yeah but i think some are better than others um I'm I'm less
1: fond of this one. Uh, the art doesn't really work for me. I think it's it's kind of very cartoony, but I I think the the colouring's quite flat as well and everything looks sort of quite 2D. Um I, I think that's fair. It's it's very stylized and I can imagine some people are really into it, but it just doesn't doesn't take my boxes on this one. And as you said, I think the other thing was that I don't think
0: it's paced very well. Um, Yeah, and I think most of these stories are like 12 to 16 pages, I guess. I could be wrong. mm -hmm. I think my numbers are close. Um, And I think that is quite a hard length to kind of write to because what most comics, like single issues, are normally like 22, 24 pages. Yeah. So. You can do a lot in an extra, like, four to eight pages, whatever. Um, And, yeah, I do feel like perhaps some of these stories were written with a page count in mind rather than the length that they needed. I think an extra couple of pages in this one could have probably helped a lot.
1: Yeah, I think it doesn't help as well that some of the stories in here, I think, kind of nail their short concept. And I just, I think, I don't know, we spend a lot of time, a lot of pages with the bar finding out about the bounty. And then the actual kind of tracking of the bounty is incredibly simple. They get told about a planet, they go to the planet and yep, there they are. Um,
0: yeah. And then- we also have like a confrontation with a former friend, colleague in the bar, which is... A bit it kind of establishes Mave as kind of badass. On road. But, yeah. Yeah. But doesn't really make good on that at the end. I don't know. Without the context as well, it's kind of hard to care about, you know,
1: sort of betrayal. I don't think we'd got to know Mave well enough. Get the idea it was kind of a uh, Captain Mal, you know, thing. Like he's got a he's a rugged and charming character, but he's got a bit of a checkered past and I think that was the insinuation for Maeve but I don't think we got to know Maeve well enough to for it to
0: kind of matter (laughs) I, I think that's fair um yes I'm inclined to agree with you on that one I did quite
1: like the twist ending and to be fair to the art there's a there's a scene when the ship kind of stretches out when it's going into light speed that was a cool art idea um I just think it's the, the actual kind of application and the design that doesn't really work for me.
0: I'm also, uh, another panel I do like a lot, there's a panel of famine with a kind of load of flies coming yeah. away, um, which is just pretty cool, pretty weird. Again, that's, there's yeah. a lot of weirdness in, think- in my descriptions today. But People also have strange fingers that I don't, don't like. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Hands are hard to draw. If if any oh. part of you know making the mistake of doing art taught me, hands are hard. Um, but yeah, they we've got some quite long, kind fingers. of spidery fingers. They're just a bit freaky. So yeah, I
1: kind of I don't know. Applaud the attempt on this one, but uh, yeah, didn't didn't quite hit the spot this one. And I thought the the message. Again, it's quite decent. The sort of twist ending I thought was quite good. But I say we take so long getting to that bit. I think it would be better cutting the bar scene down to a couple of pages and doing more of the bounty hunting. Um, I think would have been, might have been a better balance, but hey.
0: I, I agree. I think, yeah, less bar scene, more bounty scene. Bounty hunting scene would have perhaps been a good call. Whether eat a bounty together <laughs> um, so do you want to take the next one which is the god's head absolutely the god's head written by
1: candace rug artist alex smith lettered by rob jones again prolific and edited by torren chennault i think is how we have collectively decided um, and this is broadly the story of kind of a a, an arc of humanity have been sent to a second earth to ease population and pollution and etc etc and of course when they get there it's already a wasteland and uh, betrayal ensues
0: (laughs) <laughs> that like a catchphrase we're running with now, betrayal ensues.
1: Whether it does um, or not. But
0: there is a little bit of betrayal going on in there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Some betrayal does ensue. I'll give you that. Not sure what the past tense of ensue is. Like, ensued? Ensued? I think so. I think so. I think ensued.
1: <laughs> I like ensued, though. I tried to get swat into the vocabulary as the past tense of sweat. It's not like sweated. You say, "Guys, hot in there?" I, I sweat buckets. <laughs> it sounds right, done it, but it it never caught on. Maybe <laughs> this is my new platform. You know, start fresh.
0: How often do you use swat?
1: Every time I sweat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Sorry, yeah, obviously, um, <sighs> Matt, that's completely derailed me
1: (laughs) well i shall shall pick up the thread um this is one of the ones which i think was a bit of a highlight for me i really like the art in this the kind of schindler's list style monochrome of just having kind of details of red um Mm. i think the kind of penciling on the faces and the design of the suits and the ship are pretty cool like they are functional more than sort of stylish, but I think that also suits the type of story. It's quite a serious sci-fi, this one.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think this is... almost It almost comes as a surprise after two kind of more cartoony-feeling stories. This is yeah, a, a serious departure, and... Um, yeah, I, I really liked this art. Um, it's, again, it, it takes some twists, and I don't know, did you expect, like, uh, I don't like, monochrome carnage monsters to, to rock up? <laughs> I,
1: I didn't, but I did
0: quite enjoy the
1: sort of horror, pen. I think... You could have told the same story without the monsters. Like, I don't think they're an integral part of the message or the tale it's telling. But they look pretty cool. And it does bring in some, like, high high violence <laughs> at some point.
0: Yeah, it, it completely surprised me. And it's a minimalist cast of characters. But I think it's a, a good array. So we've got Orwin, Rogers, Ella and Silvers, I think. Yeah, I think that's everyone. Um, we also have General Chambers, who is um, only in one scene. So, yeah. Man, so sorry. So sorry. So, so sorry. Um, but I think scenes like the, the ship explosion is a ah. really, really good, brutal, and makes good use of the kind of, yeah, black, white, grey, red. Yes. Yeah, the the it's kind, kind of, of colouring. The most of, red,
1: I think. The, absolutely and the kind of coloring and effects combined with like just really excellent kind of pencil work i think is uh yes one of my favorite pages maybe of the whole book i think that's uh it's a stunner
0: yeah i think that's up there i'll give you that um but yeah i kind of got like i guess like walking dead in space vibes for some sure of this, absolutely that makes sense As a kind as of small a
1: small group of survivors <laughs>
0: Um, but, yeah, some interesting twists and some things I just didn't expect. Um, also, I've just got this word written down. Uh, this th- No, these words written down, which is hope as a sound effect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, because that is how this ends, and <laughs> I just don't know what else to say. It's... It's very kind of manga, I, isn't
1: it? Like having an uh, having an emotion as a sound effect.
0: Uh, yeah, kind of. And it, I don't know. Ever since I've been like, wow, how do I make a song that sounds like hope, so I can use the name hope as a sound effect? Because <laughs> it's a good, it's I, I, a good premise. Yeah, and I, I love the idea that if this was like being made into a film or like an animated short or something, it's like, no, no, I need this to sound like hope. <laughs> have you got a hope button? Is that somewhere on the keyboard? It's the <laughs> No, I, I, I appreciate I am being a bit of a dick, but I don't know. It, <laughs> it, I, I like the sentiment of it. But it also just immediately hit me as that's funny. It's it's not meant to be, <laughs> and it, I appreciate it's my own mind putting together the sentence. Hope as a sound effect. <laughs> but yeah,
1: no, I think you nailed it. Uh, yeah, I really really like this one. I think it it. I think the actual kind of plot and the big twist could be kind of a little bit underwritten, in as much that it there are lots of ways that it couldn't, that it might not make sense. And I think because it's a short story and it leaves that vagary, like it's not really important um, necessarily. But despite despite that, I think the kind of character dialogue was good. And um, I just thought the art was, was fantastic. Like I think this was one of the standout arts for me.
0: For sure. Definitely. And I I did think with this this is the kind of story that could have been a full trade or a full series. I think you could have stretched this out and dug into the different ideas pretty pretty much for as long as you wanted to. Um okay, maybe not in a walking dead way where it's as long as um, yeah. as long as possible. But I, I think you could have got a few volumes of this story of twists and turns of it all. Absolutely. With, with, yeah, definitely you could have done, I think it works very
1: well in its small format. I think this is one of the ones that kind of pulls off its premise in, in the, in the page space that it's got.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, this is one of my favorites and I, I was, I was fairly sure this was going to be one of your favorites as well. So. It out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the grimmest one um, so
0: far. <laughs> That's the thing, just like which is which is the one that seems bleak. That's where Will lives. <laughs> Tick. <laughs> so um, next up is "What Are We Worth." Uh, it was written by uh, Casey Flynn, with art by Kiana Kremer, uh, lettered by Rob Jones, and edited by Torin Um I feel like the letterer and the editors aren't changing much, but we're just going to keep crediting them anyway. Yeah, I'm just going to keep pushing through. <laughs> they might change, and then if we miss it, then we'll feel bad. So. We'll feel bad, yeah, that's true. You know, you don't want to miss out. I, 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 I get the distinct feeling it's the same letterer for the entire thing, but hey, ready for I Rob know. to prove me wrong and <laughs> no-show-one-of-the-lettering jobs. <laughs> so, in a, in a nutshell, this is... Do I keep saying in a nutshell, or am I?
1: You said in a nutshell a fair amount. I think that's okay. I think it's within tolerances
0: of nutshells. Good, good, good. So this is basically, there's been an ongoing war, and the good guys, question mark, that the people we're following, their military decides to use the ultimate weapon, the planet cracker.
1: Yeah, not the Death Star.
0: To um, end this ongoing conflict. But that's not the story. That's just the premise. So once they've ended the conflicts, um, we follow L and Cam, who basically work cleaning up debris from space battles, um, which you know, opens up the debate of, like, if, you know... Um, if L gets cut from his, he's drifting around in space, you know, collecting debris. If he gets cut free, it's kind of company policy that they just let him drift off because it's not worth the effort of saving him. Um, it's, is it an acceptable risk that he's described as, or it's not profitable, not profitable to go and save them. That's the one. Thank you. Um, so a pretty a pretty bleak little topic that we we, we get ourselves onto. Absolutely. Uh, the the first thing that
1: um, my read was that L was a woman. I don't think it, you know. I think like the ambiguity is absolutely fine. It really doesn't matter for the purpose of the plot. But I, uh, my read from the art that L was a woman. That is a
0: good point. You could I, be right.
1: Again. Really doesn't matter one way or other because the story doesn't revolve around that particular point. But anyway, that was that. <laughs> so I'm going to refer but, to her as a she, and you can refer to him as a he. And
0: do do we meet in the middle and go there? Schler Schlimm and Schler. Few, few drama fans out there. Um, no, you could be right. I I don't know. Yeah, you you could well be correct. Interesting. Hmm. I think th- this is going to sound ludicrous, but I, I just c- carried over that I read Hollow Heart on the same day, and that also has an L, who is uh, yeah. a-, a-, um, a man in a giant, I don't know, metal suit. So I guess I was just carrying over that. <laughs> yeah. I like like th- that, this is the same L.
1: <laughs> because it's a story where it isn't important, I guess. And because if L is a woman, She's not been ludicrously sexualized, so (laughs) I think the ambiguity is fine, and in fact, it could be looked at as a good thing to say, Well, you know, it doesn't matter, so our interpretations are both equally valid, I think. Anyway, that's that. Yes, this is another one, I'll be honest, it kind of just missed the mark for me. Um, I do quite like the art,
0: yeah, I like the art, that's fair, and I think again i keep saying the same damn things i think it's got a quite uh, it's, I mean, it's got a nice message i think it, yeah. it it ends with what Elle needs to hear and tells it, it kind of tells a lot about L and a lot about cam in quite a short period of time i think it's successful at doing that i think my my issue is with it is
1: that as you mentioned it starts off with the kind of tail end of this war Which you don't really learn anything about, like why it was for whether these are the good guys or not. And I'm guessing that's on purpose. Like they don't want the story to be about the war itself. But then the message that they give is kind of just done in exposition. Like they're just going about their jobs. And actually, what they're doing in space isn't that interesting. And they just kind of tell you what their thoughts are. And It's not like a massive negative, but I just don't think the art and the story gelled in this one. I don't think the story was doing much of the... Sorry, I don't think the art was doing much of the storytelling. It almost all came through the dialogue. And while I enjoyed the art, that lack of meshing, I think, was was a little bit of an issue for me.
0: I... Yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from. I think... It is essentially just a conversation. So the art, whilst nice, doesn't particularly have much it can do. We, I mean, it, it, I think it works to convey the, you know, emotion, and I think the facial expressions we get are pretty good. Mm. Um, if this, this was part... On display, I've not, I've not picked up on that on my first flick, on my first read, but... Yeah, quite juicy. Oh, I, I think if this
1: were part of... Say this was an anthology series all of its own, a story about these two kind of space junk collectors going from place to place. And each time you learn more about the different walls that they were kind of collecting stuff and they found interesting things. I think that would be a really interesting story. And I like these characters enough that I would like to read that. But in this, I just don't think you get enough of that. What they're the sci-fi element of it is kind of just background to the, to the story and the message, which I say, I don't want to sound too down on it because I think the story is good. I like the characters. I like the message. But if I'm looking at this as a comic book specifically, I just don't think it gels the two halves of what a comic is.
0: I I think that's fair. Um, I also quite like you picture a full anthology of space scavengers. I you know would be
1: cool, right? Written by different people, but the same two just characters in
0: space. Yeah,
1: and every time, like what they find is the kind of the crux of the story, and it'll or it could just be a conversation about life that they have while picking up debris. But if it's in the middle of other plots, I think that fits better. I don't know. I don't know. Are you writing that down to post yourself?
0: Um, I feel like we, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we can, I feel like we probably need to cut Casey Flynn and Keanu Kramer in on this. So do like, a. Like a four-way like Kickstarter campaign. I think mm-hmm. I think that we'll kickstart that. We'll get some other creators in because we don't know what we're doing. No, um, we're exec producers. Yeah, it'll be a kind of um, bigger than Capes presents where we kind of take that Stan Lee role where we've not read your book and we're um, not responsible for it, but we just want you to know that we're here if, if you need us. Yeah, we'll
1: just we'll just say you're great. Um,
0: we'll just say you're great, and that's it. That. Yeah, and um, we we can write one. I think we've both got a, I think we've both got a space cleaner upper story in us, right? Yeah, yeah. Why not? But um, <laughs> I thought this was just kind of a narrow miss for me. Didn't didn't quite. I think just didn't quite. Um, yeah, no. I feel you. I, I like the art and I like the writing and I, I yeah. I feel like the two things perhaps just need to be a little bit closer together in. What they reflect. It's nice seeing the different perspectives. Obviously, as L drifts around in space, and Cam gets to tell his story whilst you know reminiscing on the giant space um, bin My man garbage truck. truck. Yeah. What? What? What's the English term for that? Do we? What's an English garbage truck called? Bin van bin. You know, now you've posed the question. Yeah, I don't know. Binwagon? Bin? I have no idea. Binwagon sounds plausible, but it also sounds like something that you've just made up as well. Yeah, absolutely. Tricky in the binwagon, you know? <laughs> don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Space Binwagon. That's um, the clean sweep. One, two, eight, one, Z. That's that's what it's called. That's the colour. That's chip. Job done. Um. Yeah. Whatever Will's point was, I, I agree largely. Because <laughs> I'm just talking. To, I've, I've I've just I'm just chasing bin wagons down the street. I don't know what I'm going space. on about anymore. Drifting after the old bin wagon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Should go on to the next I, one. You know.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> right. The next one is Space Punks. It's written by Nick Couture, who is the other half of the Kickstarter. Now, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: great. The it's uh, the artist is Gabby Scanlan. It's lettered by everybody's favourite Rob, Rob Jones. Jones, and it is edited by Sarah Harding, who I think edited the first book as well.
0: I story. like how you keep saying "edited." Like yeah, i decided a-
1: to really own it.
0: Yeah. Not bad. I like it.
1: And uh this is the story of a uh, kind of armed robber on Mars. Um kind of plotting and carrying out a crime, pretty much.
0: Yes. <laughs> um I will say I, I did quite like the art on the first page. Um I thought the kind of like increasingly big shot of Mars was kind of cool. And I've probably um, mentioned
1: this a lot, but it had a bit of a profit vibe, which is already a, a nice start and for it, me. I
0: had a feeling you were gonna say that. Yeah, it's definitely got a bit of a Brandon Graham profit kind of vibe. Um kind of cartoony, but this is gonna sound so dumb, but like not intentionally cartoony. I think I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to explain that in better words. I need to learn more words if we're gonna keep doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, first big question for me: mm-hmm. it's a tapas restaurant that they eat at. It's, they're eating a Top Dog tapas that does hot dogs and fries it doesn't look to me
1: yeah unless they're very tiny hot dogs and fries and you have like 16
0: of them yeah in, in which case fair play but that's, that's not <laughs> how that hot dog is. that's a, that is a full size hot dog So actually has anybody done that you know like little burger sliders you can have yeah, all different
1: yeah. ones and then like a slider tapas restaurant where you just order like lots of little burgers chicken and beef and blue cheese on one and then pickles on one and well,
0: that'd be good. I'm I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna give a shout out now to a, a restaurant that aren't gonna hear this, but there's a place um in a town near Barcelona called P Tapas um that do like yeah, little burgers and little hot dogs. Um, but no, God damn that that's that's good food <laughs> and. Um, uh, it doesn't. If, if they if they want to sponsor us. All day, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, mean, On we board. W- I will. Re- gl- I will gladly relocate for a good restaurant. That's is that who I am. I think that's who I am. Yeah. We could start doing the podcast in Spanish. I mean, I don't speak a word, but I think I think we'd learn if yeah. if there was enough free food. I think we would quickly adapt. It'd be worth it. Um, yeah. I don't know what the tapas comic book crossover like fandom is, I don't know if there is one but mm-hmm. if there is I- I'm happy to capitalise on that very specific market Yep, 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 yep Sorry. Um, The point, I believe um, <laughs> I'll let you get back to it <laughs>
1: I um, this feels like another book where the, the element of sci-fi is kind of irrelevant, like it's set on Mars but the city looks like it could be like New York. Other than the fact yeah. that everything's sort of red. Like nothing is... I did consider, like, is it is it a story about nostalgia? You know, like they go to a baseball game and it's just the same as it would be on Earth and his best friend is obsessed by like 90s nostalgia. And like, is it a story about... Kind of humanity's grasp on the, the familiar, and you would go all the way to Mars to build the same city again. I think I, if that were the case, I think... that would be good, but I don't, if it is, it doesn't follow through on it.
0: I feel like that's definitely part of the premise. Like, I, I definitely got the kind of nostalgia aspect. Um, this is also, I think, the first time I've seen someone wearing a FUBU hoodie in a comic book or in any media in, like, 20 years. So, yeah, nice. I was particularly
1: impressed with the Game Boy that had the attached, uh, like, curly light that you could get on it because it wasn't backlit. That's excellent. DSL. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, the Game Boy SP took too long to come around with that backlit, you know, revelation, didn't it? Yeah. <sighs> what was that like? That was probably was was the Game Boy SP like probably the
1: two thousands? Oh, I yeah yeah, I think so. um Certainly the I had the SP like clamshell one. I think that was yeah, later yeah. still. A good, oh, good that machine! Good. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: still got it. I don't. Go and dig disappointingly.
1: it. Disappointingly,
0: might go and dig dig it out. Play a bit of Tetris.
1: I've got a lot of my um, Nintendo consoles. I've got my NES, SNES, sixty four. Missing my GameCube. I've got my Wii, my
0: Wii U. Ah, I've got a GameCube if we get together. I've got a GameCube and the Advance SP. If we get together, we can probably which, finish this. Which I don't have. <laughs> I don't have my Game Boy anymore, most most upsettingly. Um,
1: I really want a Virtual Boy. I know they're shit, but
0: I just, <laughs> just want to been... have one. Filling yeah. in the gaps. Anywho, um, <laughs> talking of nostalgia. For another... <laughs> <laughs> For another shout out that's not gonna help us. Uh I've got a friend who goes by the name Joe Bleeps, who refurbs Game Boys, so he can probably hook you up. Nice. And Joe Bleeps is a good name. Also does Chip Tune.
1: Oh, lovely stuff. Love me a bit of Chip Tune. Um, but the masks they pick to uh go and rob the store, I mean they're provided by his 90s loving friend, but our uh pinhead Scream guy. And Jason Voorhees. And, and Jason, yeah. So again, a, a good nostalgia kick. I just don't think the plot really fills that out. Um the, the plot seems to be this guy kind of down on his luck, commits a crime, gets caught, goes to sort of space prison, works on a space mine, and then it's all right again
0: in the end. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I I was kind of into where this was going. I, I liked the like the nostalgia threads it was pulling at. Um his motivation for robbing the place kind of threw me because his girlfriend Sophia seems to um is he Antonio? Yeah, he's Antonio and she's Sophia. Um and she doesn't seem to be like Straps for Cash. Neither okay, obviously he's robbing places, so I guess he's not strapped for cash. But she doesn't seem to be like, hey man, we're broke. Go rob some banks. She just seems to be like, Why why are you robbing banks, you jackass? Yeah. Um which is really odd to me. It it doesn't flow very I feel like we don't understand why he's robbing banks very much. No, he isn't robbing banks. That's part of the problem. Messed <laughs> up not robbing banks, convenience robbing stores, banks. As the convenience stores as the yanks might say <laughs> yeah corner um shop. yeah jono's cut on a shop nonetheless. Yeah. and yeah I, I don't really see i don't really get his motivation and then the fact that he comes and confesses to his girlfriend and she's just like don't worry about it my dad's got a mine you can go and work on out in the wastelands it'll be five years though so and he goes Alright. Oh, yeah, I can go and do that for five years. But I don't I don't know. And then when he comes back and hangs out with his nineties loving bud McKay and everything's the same, you know, McKay's got a kid now and they do some complex handshake to show that they're still buds. But confused yeah, is what I am. Yeah, I didn't quite get the
1: threads, and I don't think as as you mentioned, we don't really learn enough about Antonio to really sort of care, I think, by the end, like I, it didn't, I don't know, I just didn't feel drawn to Antonio as a character.
0: I, I agree, um, and it's a shame because, like I say, to begin with, I, I was pretty on board with this, but it kind of got away from me quite abruptly, I think. Mm, I just think the end, yeah, I think the ending's just kind of falls a bit flat because it's so short.
1: It, it kind of lives with you, doesn't it? So the, the good stuff it's set up in the first kind of portion, I don't know, kind of gets overwhelmed a little bit. As far as the art goes, I actually think I prefer the colouring than the art itself. I think the colouring is really cool.
0: The colouring uh, is nice. I think, don't be wrong, I think that there's some great aspects within the art, though. Mm, no, that's fair, actually, um, yeah
1: be too harsh. No, I think,
0: I think actually the, the kind of five years later shot we get of the mine and then Antonio on the train back is a really nice panel, but you no know, nice page. It kind of mm. is really I'd well balanced. I agree with that. I guess I guess what I'm saying
1: is it's just kind of not my favourite art, but that's it's not fair to say that it, I don't think it's bad by any stretch of the imagination. And as you say, like the, the funky handshake, the kind of composition how that's put together, I think is quite cool. Some of the kind of Um, design bits of
0: it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, There's some great design things, and I think the kind of exploded out shot of the car with all the 90s nostalgia coming off of it. It's good. It's a good page. Um, It's good stuff. I almost feel like maybe this is too hung up on the 90s nostalgia too. It feels like... The bank robbery isn't... Fucking me, fuck me, I'm obsessed with robbing banks.
1: You are. I've said this about you before. You need to stop robbing banks and thinking <laughs> about robbing banks and start robbing smaller establishments.
0: The armed robbery feels like one section. The 90s nostalgia, Antonio and McKay hanging out feels like another. And then the quick transition to here I am doing some mining, I'm coming back now. I don't know, it feels like three chapters in a story, but there are other, they're not continuous chapters. There's other chapters happening.
1: <laughs> yeah, stuff's happened in between. And I mean, I'm no writer, and I don't think I could necessarily do a better job. But I think the kind of nostalgia bent on it was my favourite part, and I sort of wish it had lent into that. This idea of, you know, getting to the future, exploring space, and then just kind of being obsessed with what you'd left behind, I think it's quite compelling but i say it doesn't i don't think it holds on to that long enough for for my money that
0: that's fair um that has just made me question though is is the 90s is the nostalgia a tie into the written in 2020 and looking back at the days of you know back before 2020, when, you know, it was all Game Boy Lights and 90s rap.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree with that. I just sort of wish it would double down on that. I just think the kind of the, the robbery and mining stuff doesn't lend itself to what I have taken away as the kind of interesting part of the
0: of the story. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's my stance. Sticking with it. I love it. So, next up is Rob Robertson. No, Rob Robotson. Rob, Robotson. <laughs> R- ro- Robertson. <laughs> he's a robot. I, I feel like whoever named it, and I'm going to guess that is writer and artist, Louis marina I think he's probably the one responsible for Rob Robertson. Robertson. <laughs> it's, it's so alien to say robot. Son, Robertson. But I, I, I keep forcing it to have extra letters. um Also lettered by Rob Jones, edited by Torin. Uh, just Torin. Now I'm just.
1: maybe I don't know. Channel, maybe, maybe
0: with, I don't know. With, oh God, don't don't open the door of me saying other words I can't do. <laughs> no, let's so, uh,
1: let's talk Rob
0: Robertson. In, in essence, this book is, look, this story is the story of a group of like, I guess like post-apocalyptic scavengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, post-apocalyptic scavengers is what I'm going exactly with. That. Yeah. Um, the names we get are Hardback Neo and Cassius. There are more than that. There's an extra one who doesn't get named, I don't think, but Those are a turtle, an owl and a wolf person Or a dog person maybe (laughs) more specifically um, Who are kind of scavenging around And we don't know why But All all Neo Is not getting any memories of who he is So They're scavenging and they come across this like Robot's head And All Neo is like Maybe it'll tell me who I am (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why it works. It's and basically pops his sword into this robot's head and can see all of the robot's memories. Um I don't know why that's how it would work, but that he would plug into this robot and know who he is. But he plugs into this robot and they basically get a look into this robot's past essentially and yep. kind of does just, just some weird time jumping because I think you just get you just
1: get kind of segments of its memory don't you at different points of this kind of increasingly delusional robot uh who is sort of obsessed with the human race despite the fact that they appear to have been completely wiped out by this point
0: yeah, and he's just kind of strolling around the planet talking to himself, but he thinks he's talking to John and Beatrice, who I guess were, well, we see him at the start on his ship with a skeleton and... Um he's got a killer line which is you know oh Beatrice John will be home soon he hasn't been the same since food and water ran out 190 years ago (laughs) which is just like all right um and I don't know he he just yeah increasingly delusional strolling around earth trying to like evaluate the situation of where we all went and I don't know. He he gets picked up by a bird at one point, and then he's got a little cowboy hat, and he's jetpacking around. It's such a it's so it's a real weird ride, but he's kind of adorable in his surrealness. I guess. What do you think?
1: I absolutely love this. This is my like other big favorite of this series. Um, Firstly, I think the art has that kind of stoko style mushiness to the cartooning that I immediately yeah. really like. Uh, I think it's genuinely funny, including the bit you, you pointed out. I like the bit when he says, uh, according to the theoretical framework and the data from the fieldwork, mankind has transcended to another dimension. It evolved to another state of consciousness. And then as he walks away, it's just huge piles of skulls and bones. <laughs> He's just increasingly delusional about what's going on. But I also love the fact that it starts off with this weird, like you say, like semi-fantasy story of a alleged chosen one who has no memory, but also has a magic sword. But all of his companions are absolutely sick of hearing about it. Every time he pulls (laughs) out his sword, they're like, oh, not this again. And I just found it so funny. And I think, as I was saying about some of the others where the pacing didn't quite work, this manages to tell two like almost complete stories at the same time, I think both both the like little fantasy scavengers and the robot story are both great. <laughs> I think they're both really funny
0: i agree i i I was really surprised by this because it's such a weird like mash of two ideas, but both of them carry really well and um this is one of the most cartoony. In style for the art But I think It just nails it It's mm. It really suits this style And I don't know The the I, the chaos of the story Really makes it work And I, I just I feel like you could tell me A load of stories of just an owl An owl person walking around Stabbing things hoping to find out Who he is Yeah, I'd read that and I, think I don't know if I'd understand most of it, but I'd read it. <laughs> I think it's one of those that, again, like the lack of backstory about who
1: he is feels like it's made all right by the fact that they're so sick of him <laughs> like, yeah, constantly retelling this story that it just makes the fact that you don't know funny as well.
0: And uh, I like the fact that that they're like this kind of almost Masters of the Universe-esque gang of misfits who are all yeah. like in battle armor and animal people just strolling around clueless well, um, it's got a sweet keytar that can pick up <laughs> pick up scrap yeah and and then there's hardback the turtle who's got like a old, old school aviator helmet on with the goggles and everything it's yeah it's good It's weird. Um, A detail I really liked as well is that the panelling when we're in, um, I'm going to guess Rob is the robot, right? Yeah, I would guess so, yeah. I I would assume so. Um, Like when his memories are like cut in between scenes, they're all kind of glitchy around the edges and there's like little squares cut out of them. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think that's
0: very cool. Yeah, very much my kind of detail that I'm sure most people don't care about, but (laughs) I think
1: that's it. This is the probably the story with the least kind of message, I guess. It's just a fun romp. But the art and the writing and the script I just thought were an absolute perfect marriage. I really, really like the vibe of this and I would definitely read either more of this story or just more of this person. Like (laughs) I'm completely on board.
0: Yeah, oh definitely I I could go for more of this quite comfortably. Um, Just, yeah, just a really good standalone story that is bizarre, but pretty lovable. Yeah. You want to take the next one?
1: I will take the next one. This is The Life Giver. It's written by Gabe Gonzalez. The art is by Elizabeth Mallette. It is lettered by... Rob Jones, and it's edited again by Sarah, sorry, adorted by Sarah Harding. (laughs) And this is is the story of uh, humanity has ended up on these kind of space arcs that look like giant whales that um, kind of survive around a giant tree, and it's supposed to be a combination of technology and nature. Earth has been ruined, and now everybody lives on these kind of arcs. But within the arc, a, a sort of insidious cult <laughs> has formed, uh, hell-bent on kind of destroying the, the ship and the ecosystem under the guise of, of a kind of uh, Gaia, Mother Earth-style religion, I suppose. And uh, we follow the daughter of one of the creators, whose name has slipped my mind. Noelle. Noel, uh, Noella, Noella. Thank you. Um, as she kind of comes up against this this cult, uh,
0: yes, she does. Um, it is it's quite a good story. I thought I I feel like there's some details that I would like to know that we don't particularly get, but sure, yeah. Um, I feel like it wraps itself up pretty tidily, although a little bit... Like we've said previously, it's, it's quite a sudden ending. I think the pacing isn't 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that her friend is inexplicably a masked wrestler who we never get the real name of. He's just the Flying Violet. Yeah. We're basically told nothing about that. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> about the fact that inex- he's
1: rubbish at it.
0: Yeah, and, and just the it was a draw last time it was a draw hey <laughs> <laughs> didn't lose it was a draw it's is the kind of bratty argument that yeah i am all about um but i i liked this a lot i i just thought it had quite a nice message and the the cult were pretty creepy but
1: kind of believable i think Indeed, yeah. I thought the cult stuff was some of the kind of strongest bit about it, like their message, why they're doing what they're doing, and as any kind of good cult should do, it makes a little bit of sense, like just enough that you see why people are convinced by it. I think that's uh, that's good good writing. I think again, it has very cartoony and fairly simple art, but I think it is of a like a, a pretty high quality and. Although the colouring is sort of two-dimensional and flat, which I criticised uh, The Hunters for. But um, I think this one has better kind of like light effects and a little bit of shade in here and there that just kind of give things a bit more depth. Sometimes it is quite, you know, kind of flat colouring, but I don't know, it worked for me better here than it did
0: in the other one. I think it just complements the art just that little bit more. I do have one complaint, and this has nothing to do with the art but it did affect the art. So I'm going to throw that in while we're talking art is that there are some pages. The first is one. So the first like one, two, three, four, five, the first five pages of this Mm -hmm. clearly have like production markings on them still. Oh, they do. Don't
1: they? A little bit of of, yeah, little boxing to set out the panels.
0: Yeah, there's a, a little box on it, and then the f- the very first page. It's the only one that has page numbers. <laughs> um, I, and I, I don't know what that's about. I don't know if it was like left on in printing because it's in the it's in the printed version as well. So I don't know. Clearly, it was an accident, but it did distract me. Um, yeah,
1: and those pages don't fill. Uh, they don't quite fill the page either, do they? Tend to be kind of more um different size panels and stuff and then when you get a full page oh it does still some of them do still have the marking on and the ones that have the marking have yeah. the page
0: numbers <laughs> weirdly yeah so I, I don't know if they were meant to be cropped or if they were meant to i don't know there's something in the production be. there that's not quite on
1: it does seem a little bit of a mistake uh i've got to be honest i actually didn't notice the first <laughs> first time around until you've pointed it out so i'm not going to oh, be so too...
0: you and me differ will
1: indeed yeah very detail orientated i am um, i'm not going to mark it down too harsh on that i thought there were bits where like there's one panel where they're out at night and the art is incredibly dark and despite the fact you can't really see it i still think it's quite effective i think it's a good it makes it
0: look dark i liked that yeah i think as you've said, the lighting effects are quite well done, and to basically yeah put shadow over a large portion of the page and it still be quite clear what's happening is impressive. Um, especially if you're reading on, and I, I, I wonder if that's how much that differs from the paper to the digital version. There's a question for you. That's a good question. I um I read the digital one just to. I I don't know why. I know exactly why, it's because I'm lazy. It's slightly clearer in the digital one because iPads are backlit. Um I I couldn't be bothered the other day walking to a different room to get the printed copy, so I started reading it also on the tablet at the same time. <laughs> Because it was like six paces away. Um, yeah, but, it's like, uh-huh, two rooms, I'm not going that far. <laughs> but
1: I think the, the second page is a good example of the really good like lighting and shading, where her dark bedroom is lit by a, a blue computer screen, and it just picks out the edges of the things in her room, and it really gives it a just very believable atmosphere, I think. It like, does kind of look like what a room looks like lit by a screen.
0: I I completely agree. I think it looks really nice and I hadn't noticed the detail before actually that she's got like all the plants she can possibly fit in her room, which is then obviously the point of this story in many ways. Yeah, that's it. That kind of conflagration of of nature and,
1: and science. As you said, I think the message is really good. I think it does kind of stick its land in. It's one of those that, because it is a short story, it's kind of a bit convenient of an ending. You know, I like, like say it happens very yeah. suddenly and everything sort of works out. Um, and sometimes I think with these short stories, they feel a bit better when the ending is a bit more ambiguous. Like this very much wraps up the issue of the story and it feels like they lived happily ever after. You know, it doesn't feel like there's any further story to tell as far as that's concerned, and then sometimes it's kind of left a bit open. And I think that sometimes works a bit better, but I didn't mind this at all. It's a nice ending. And uh, for the most part, I think tells its story very well in its limited sp- page space.
0: I agree. I think it's a nice ending, and I think it really, um, really packs in as much as it can in not very many pages. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm invested in Flying Violet, you know? <laughs> all for it whatever it's, it's just that bit where he's like you know uh, while you are asleep they made me light heavyweight champion because they thought I deserved and it's just that they thought I deserved something it's like so you didn't win you didn't <laughs> it's just like, like you're doing good kid have a title I <laughs> yeah best most effort I remember going yeah. on a skiing
1: trip with school and uh, I got a medal for, like, Perseverance. Bit of a bit of a backhanded slap, that, isn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like, you weren't you tried. good,
1: but... Yeah, you kept getting back up, which <laughs> sure is something.
0: I can, You know, I respect that in an award. Yeah, it's patronising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, our last story is the, you know, titular... A cold dark universe. It is written by Torin Chenault. It is artisted, I need to stop saying artisted, by Christine Gutierrez. And uh, it is lettered by Rob Jones and it is Same. also edited by Torin and Christine. But proof
1: that Rob Jones is the the MVP of this book.
0: Yep. The consistent Just letterer. Powers through, turns up for everybody. Absolutely, um, good work Rob Yeah, credit where maybe, it's due to Rob
1: Maybe he's the, the uh, Rob Robertson I mean we can see his surname But despite that, I think it could be the case
0: You're saying he's actually A little delusional robot Pretty convinced <laughs> <laughs> to some lettering on the side <laughs> and he, He's not here to tell us Otherwise um, So this is of the law. So I'm Told what <laughs> So, the um, the world has ended. Um, the people who could leave, I'm told the 1%, bailed, as, as they are known to do, and left, you know, a lot of people around kicking it in the um, post-apocalyptic earth. The main family in this, the Johnsons, the Johnsons, yep. the Johnsons family company, and um, basically decide to rebuild and mm-hmm. this this is set 50 years after that as we follow the story of um cindy angela johnson uh, or just cindy for simplicity's sake um <laughs> who basically her grandmother is an engineer who teaches cindy everything she knows about engineering um starting with teaching her how to make prosthetic legs and then running through with, you know, just anything you can engineer, I guess. Um, And Cindy kind of starts solving problems by engineering. Uh, He's explained to us that people blamed technology for the end of the world, so they they don't really use it. So she's, you know, bringing it back. Yeah. Uh, The problem being that her... Father is kind of a post-apocalyptic warlord,
1: I guess. Yes, kind of sort of suburban, gangster come warlord yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, who is kind of a dick, in in a nutshell. Yeah, he's a real dick.
1: Starts to use her kind of uh, inventions for his own ill
0: gains. This is true, and... Uh, that kind of comes back to haunt Cindy when her best friend Nathan is kind of put under the chopping block, and mm-hmm. uh, misery ensues. Indeed, it does. Not betrayal um, in this case. Not betrayal in this case. This is this is an interesting one. I I'm kind of curious as to what your take on it's going to be
1: okay, I shall tell you what my take is going to be. This one didn't work for me either, really. Okay. Fair um, play. It's another case, really. I, I just don't think the art is my... It's just not my style. And again, I, I can really see that some people would be super into it. But it, again, it's that very kind of two-dimensional, slightly like South Parky y look. <laughs> I mean, there's a bit where... Um, Oh, you said it a minute ago, and I've already forgotten. Cindy. Cindy. There's a bit where Cindy's kind of walking down a hall, and it's just a series of um, kind of forced perspective, different coloured walls, and I just think it's, it's quite plain and, and basic, and, and it, it doesn't... There are other times when the detail's much better, but there are just so many backgrounds that are plain coloured walls, and it's a bit of a bugbear of mine, if I'm
0: honest. I've heard you make this complaint before. Um, and I can understand that. I also... Sh- I-, I kind of struggled with the, like, the use of, like, the bend-a dots is quite constant at times. And I'm I'm used to it being, like, a style of shading or, like... At least nowadays, I'm used to it being, like, a style of shading or used quite... um conservatively, like, by people like uh, is Tyler Boss, did he use it in Four Kids Walking to the Bank?
1: I think so, and sometimes kind of ironically as well, like Crossover with yes. the people from Crossover having that kind of shading. Um, but yeah, it is ever-present, isn't it, really, through this?
0: I, I think there's a few little breaks, but it's there's a lot of it. It tends to avoid skin tone, but mm-hmm. it's kind of present everywhere else, yeah.
1: My other kind of major problem is this, I I kind of didn't like the solution to the story. You know, these are mostly quite positive spins. And in this one, you know, old Earth has been taken over by this gangster family, or at least the area that we see, the the place where uh, these characters live. And as you say, like her best friend goes under the chopping block, and her ultimate solution is to just leave and leave everybody else behind in that mess. And I I just think it doesn't feel like a very positive spin on it. Like, if life's too hard, get out of there.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's not the most logical of endings or the most, like... Okay, it might be a logical ending in some ways, but it's not the ending I really expected. Yeah, it's
1: sort of bleak in a... a in not a fun way. There are, you know, to, to give it th- some positives, there, um, there are a couple of details I really like. Like when she does finally leave, the kind of last thing she does is tie her hair up like a grandma. And I think that's a really nice, you know, kind of bookend from where the story starts. Um, and sort of the character design's pretty decent. But yeah, I say it's just it's not my style of art. And I, I'm. I don't want to uh, don't want to be overly negative,
0: but it's just it doesn't doesn't do it for me on this occasion. Uh, no, I am inclined to agree with you. Um, I don't know this this didn't really work for me very well. There's some things I like about it. Um, there's those few positive pages where she's like, you know, doing technology and making little washing up robots and. Uh, Junk lifting robot, a I forklift robot. That's what I'm looking for here. She kind of makes
1: an exo suit, and again, it all gets sort of co-opted by her father, doesn't it? To make him more, uh, more powerful, I guess. And I get that as a story. I, I don't know. Like it could, you could feasibly be unrealistic in this short period to tell the story of how she overcomes her gangster father and kind of frees her neighborhood, but. It felt like that was the way it was arcing. And then, yeah, for ultimately just to kind of just to leave it all at the end. I don't know. It felt a bit
0: flat for me. I, I felt, yeah, I was expecting this to end on a kind of, you know, Cindy goes badass and she's going, you know, take this town back. Um, even if she you know, took everybody else. Even
1: if it's a case where she took everybody else with her, you know, there was something else, something a bit more collective, I think would have been
0: maybe more satisfying. Not just jumping on a rocket and bailing. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. Um, yes, I think that's ultimately my takeaway as well. And I I, th- I think that's all I've really got to say on this one. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I think did we do the same with the uh Wave Blue World one where the kind of the main creator's story was not one of our favourites either.
0: Quite possibly, yeah. Um, I'd have to go we'll back have and... We'll have re- to see re- if re- that
1: listen. remains a trend, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, on the whole, going through this book sort of a second time and writing down my thoughts, there was more positive about it than I remembered on the first reading. And there are the two stories, Rob, Robert, Robert, Rob, Rob, Rob Robertson <laughs> and... Uh, and the God's Head that I just thought were absolutely superb, and then lots yeah. of the ones that I thought were really good, and you know, for whatever reason, didn't didn't make it to the very top of my list.
0: But I think it's mostly quite good. This, I agree. I think there's there's a lot to like here, and as a first like anthology from from a company, I'm I'm quite eager to see where they go next.
1: Yeah, and certainly the first work that I've seen of these creators, I'm sure they've done other stuff, um, but they're not you know, super well-known names at the moment, and I think there's a lot of really great promise uh, for a lot of these creators.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think there's a ton of potential uh, amongst these seven or eight people, um, and I'm pretty eager to see where some of these creators go and what comes from that. Um, and equally, Black, like I say, Black Hole is a company. I'm eager to see what they have in store for us. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, I don't think, it might not be in the digital version, I don't think there's any credits for these, but there are three kind of, I guess they're covers at the end or additional pieces of art. Yes. Um, that are superb.
0: Um, I think we do get credits in the print version but only for the kind of space manta rays, which is Matt Harding. And then the kind of... That one's awesome. The variant cover, which is the uh, uh, black hole baby thing. I don't know what that
1: is. Yeah, (laughs) the kind of Cosmo baby held by an astronaut.
0: Yeah, is uh, by Dave Chisholm. That's also very cool. And I very
1: much like the sort of... Uh, astronaut falling into a black hole,
0: double page uh, spread. I think I'll what's, what's interesting to me is I thought that was going to be in the hardback, in the not hardback, in the paperback, Um, but it isn't. It's only in the digital edition. Interesting. Do you, is
1: there an extra one in the hardback? Because I've only got those three in my, my edition.
0: No, in the paperback, we've just got the manta ray type thing and then the astronaut, and then we've got a thank you page. Uh, I think my, on this one, the thank you page comes first.
1: Oh, no. Well, is, is your thank you page like a list of the people?
0: Um, of all the people who backed on Kickstarter. I see. Mine just says, the
1: end. Thank you for your support in making this dream become a reality. Then I get three yeah. covers, and then it stops. Which <laughs> yeah. is fine. I've got absolutely no issue with that.
0: I'm not sure why the why there's a cover missing, one of like one of the cover pinups is missing from the trade. And I'm not sure why there's a thank you page for the Kickstarters physically but not digitally. That's quite odd.
1: <laughs> maybe maybe it was part of their tiering system. I don't know. Maybe uh, the just the digital version
0: on its own didn't pay enough to <laughs> get get a thank you page. Perhaps. I don't know. Bit weird. Best best not to question it too much. No. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I think um, there's some really good stories in this and some really interesting ideas. And I think, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more from these creators and more from Black Hole Comics.
1: Yeah. At the very least, it's a, it's an interesting read and a worthwhile read. And, yeah, I hope that it is a platform for some of these people. Um, I say particularly... I think he struggled over his name somewhat. Let me... Uh, Get it, back it, up before, get it back up before I embarrass myself.
0: Louis Santa Marina.
1: Louis Santa Marina. Yeah, I want to see what Louis Santa Marina does next.
0: Uh definitely, yeah, I'd like to see I mean I'd be up for more Rob Robert son.
1: <laughs> yeah, or even just the uh, uh the, the, advent- the the yeah adventures of the scrappers would be would be rad as well. I like that the planet's called the flamboyant zone. It's just all good stuff. (laughs) Yeah,
0: inexplicable,
1: but in a way that I'm happy with. And I don't think it necessarily needs stating, because I think we've probably covered it, but this was my favourite. Rob Robertson Robertson was my favourite story, despite its difficulty in pronunciation. Yeah, I think we're just bad at names. I think we are. I think that's on us.
0: We'll get better, though, right? Yeah, I guess so, over time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i think that's us for this week yep um i will be back next week with angela to discuss the oz issue one in another kickstarter episode we're, we're going heavy on as i said at the start um and you'll be back later this month for our roundup indeed um not sure what we're rounding up yet so we need to figure that out <laughs> oh, good, good match um, i think though this time yes it's a good month for comics so with that in mind um we have been will and zach collectively bigger than capes and we will continue to be and um remember that comics are bigger than capes. than capes